Welcome to the Glory Podcast. We're so glad that you're listening. Our mission is to declare God's glory. Please visit glorychurchkc.com to hear all of our other messages. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Like you've already heard, happy 4th of July. All right, happy 4th of July. Maybe you have some fun plans uh, today. Maybe you are watching online because your whole weekend was plans and you're with family. Thank you for joining us online. Maybe you're tuning in. You know, we got podcast lovers and they always tune in. Uh, Feel free to know, all right? Anytime you're not here with us, though the summer may be sporadic, you can always tune in with us every week uh, on a podcast. Stick with us because though, what I've loved, Though the summer has been sporadic with trips and uh, vacations and free time, as long as that keeps happening, what I've loved is how structured our summer has been here at Glory Church. We've been tackling the fruit of the Spirit. You know every time you come here on, and during the summer, we're going to be talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And if you were like me, I grew up and uh, heard it. I learned the songs, you know, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control songs. I knew all the songs, the hand motions. Um, But God has been stretching me that the fruit of the Spirit is not just these traits that we learn, but they are powerful spiritual things that change literally the temperature of a room. When love enters in, things... (laughs) Hate doesn't know how to, how to remain. When love enters in, lies cannot remain. When peace comes into a home, it, it changes everything. And we talked about when long-suffering, instead of this idea of I will handle it on my own, but when we lean onto the Lord, He gives us this patience to endure hope invades. And so these are very spiritual things, and I hope that you've seen that. And this morning we're landing on, as I've already said, the fifth one in Paul's little list, the word Kindness. And I will tell you, kindness is an interesting one. It's a word claimed by a good attribute in our culture. Like, honestly, if you go in any school, any city school, all right, if it's a school system of America, probably in their school somewhere will have this claim of throw kindness around like confetti, right? It's, an, it's a, a trait that we all want. Our schools, we want kindness. In our workplace, it's a trait. We got to be kind to one another. It's kindness, right? We talk about kindness all the time, but I think we can also agree that our world aches to be truly kind. Our world is not very kind. No. And no matter how many times we, we lift it up, and I think this is why it's spiritual fruit, because they lift it up. They want kindness. We, we adore kindness. But at the same time, the world can never hit the mark of kindness. But we who are God's people, dearly beloved, who have been redeemed, brought from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, we have the ability to produce it. So I'm excited to dive into it a bit. But this morning, we're going to distinguish between kindness and another thing. And I'm pretty sure you're very familiar with this other thing. All right, we're distinguishing this morning between the word nice and the word kind. Nice and kind. Can I just tell you, like, niceness is not kindness, and kindness is not niceness. Yet niceness, whoo, we, like we like to sit in niceness. In fact, I wrote a few things down, like, we'll see this again and again, but in the face of a cultural norm, nice nice is clean. Nice likes to stay cultural norm. 
like let, let's fit with what what is what is what is good in 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 culture. I put this like nice keeps the smile in the face of what is presentable. Nice always shows up in composure. But I'll tell you, this is something I need you to know: nice versus kind in the face of anything, kindness maintains presence. So you realize like nice is only nice until it's not nice anymore. Nice people are nice until they're not nice anymore. And we've all experienced that. When nice people are not nice, they're not nice. Some of you had a nice parent until they got home with you. Because nice isn't nice all the time. But in the face of anything, in the face of anything, trial, joy, triumph, pain, kindness maintains its presence. And so that's where we're getting into this morning. In fact, if you would have asked me two years ago, and here's a little fun, if you would have asked me two years ago my favorite um, kind (laughs) non-believer, I would have literally told you Ellen DeGeneres. I love that woman. Yeah, she's so funny. She's so funny. She, like, her talk show is so giving, right? She radiates kindness. In fact, at the end of every episode, she quotes Paul in Ephesus and says, hey, be kind to one another. And then it ends. Every single episode of The Ellen Show. But I bring this up now because two and a half years ago you would have said that, but we have all realized, if you know anything about pop culture and media, that the past year and a half, niceness, some makeup has come off and it has appeared not nice. We started realizing that even kindness in a worldly sense has an ending, and the culture a kind person in the world creates will not echo kindness. Whereas as people of God, when we bring culture, changing kindness, it literally shapes kindness into others. But the world's niceness will funnel down meanness time and time again. And so we've realized over this time, and, and honestly, like, the world lo- loves to paint this nasty picture of her as if, like, why shouldn't she know how to not be kind? She doesn't know the giver of kindness. So we see this, but honestly, the world will long to be kind, but they will always muster up this temporary niceness, and that's just a little example. But what is the difference, all right? What is the difference between niceness and kindness in a great sense? What is spiritual kindness? Can I tell you, I was taken aback by what this word means. I, if you know anything about me, I love words, and I'm going to get a little teachy today. You you okay if I get a little teacher? Uh, I'm going to step into teachy, and then we're going to get a little preachy, Greg, at the end. So I'm going to ask you to like, transition with me through that. Um, but teachy, Greg, and then preachy, Greg. Okay, teachy, Greg. I love words. When you speak words to me, I will soak up the word that you use. Because most definitely, you will not use the same words to describe things that I do. But I love words, and then I will probably ask you, what do you mean by that? Because that's not what I would say. You know, that's not the, the, the description I would give. And I love it because it's so telling of a person. Well, the word kind does not mean um, gentle actions, compassionate, merciful, uh, the ability to be merciful. Like, kindness is not this action-oriented thing. In fact, the, the, the word kind in the Greek language is the word krestos. And it means superior for a particular use, useful, usable, and at the very end of the definition, kind. Now, like, you write that down because that's confusing. That's like left field. It's not even close, Pastor Greg, to what I was thinking. Useful, usable is what the word kind means. 
superior in use is kindness. In fact, the, the act of kindness, it's not just this cheerful heart, it's the ability to be useful. And so we'll get into this. This is like in Jewish theology, like an ideal. Their God was kind, which meant their God at any moment was useful for the good of his people. At any moment, his presence would restore. Kindness is superior to a use. And so when they say, like, our father is kind, they're literally saying, our father, he is completely superior in his usefulness toward us, his people. And that's so weird, right? And and in fact, uh, throughout Jewish history, kindness was this idea of how God was repairing the world through him being present, that he was eager to be used to bring victory, to bring repentance. Uh, his kindness is a superior use, and it's really good. In fact, uh, when an Old Testament Jewish man would have really good wine, and I mean, some of you have had tasted really bad wine, and others have tasted really good wine. When it's deep, you know, when it's mellow, when it's just old, do you know what they would word it as? Kind. This wine is kind. It is superior for the the particular use of drinking it. It is useful. This is kind. But the opposite, are you ready? When a wine is bad, and goodness, I've had some wine that tastes like feet, um, like bad socks, and so you're like, what? The weird part is some of you men would still be like, I'll try it. Feet? Okay. When a wine is bad, They use the word that is translated into the English as the word bitter. Bitter. So when a wine is good, it's kind. When a wine is bad, it's bitter. In fact, we can see the opposite, the the literal opposed nature of the word kind and the word bitter throughout our life. In fact, I was um, talking to my wife uh, this past week, and I went totally nerd on her because bitterness and kindness is completely different. When I am bitter... I think we can all agree that we're not usable when we're bitter. Like, I don't want to be used. I don't want to go there. I don't want to talk to people. When I feel resentment in my heart, like, I don't want to deal with you. I don't want to deal with anyone. I don't want to take that time at all. But the opposite is true of kindness. Kindness, if you want to take a note, write this down. It's the supernatural ability to be used by God, to be usable. It's the supernatural ability to be usable by God. We have people in Scripture like Pharaoh who was used by God despite his, you know, fallenness. Rock-hard, hardened, hell-bound life was still used by God. That's not kindness. Kindness is the supernatural ability to choose to be used by God. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful, but it's interesting, though, because I was talking to Kate, and in this conversation, I was like, Kate, the word kind means used, and she was like, okay, I mean, I don't know, and I'm like, no, like, when I say I don't feel like being kind today, do you know what else I could say? I don't feel like being used today. I don't feel like being used today, like, literally, and she's like, yeah, that's, that's blunt, I'm like, but literally, I don't want to be used by people. I don't want to be used by people. Pastor don't want to be used, all right? I'm tired of answering my phone. I don't want to be used. I don't want to be used today. That's what we say. And in our bitterness, in our resentment, in our anger, this is just as true 
as I don't feel like being kind. When we like to dumb it down as kind is nice, I don't feel like being nice today. No, Christian, you don't feel like being used today. And this is when the kindness of the world gets a little ugly. Because if I could put this in you, if you want a blunt phrase, write this down, that nice is sometimes bitterness with makeup. It is. It's this ugly bitterness. Let's just pretty that girl up with some makeup. Put it on. Nice is sometimes bitterness with makeup. And this is where the world, like, falls. Because at the end of the day, no one wants to be used. But at the end of the day, we have been filled up so that we can be used. That's why it's a spiritual gift. Because only the Spirit who has filled me can produce usefulness. The world cannot be used. Ugliness will always come. But the heart of a believer can be used because the Spirit has already filled them constantly. In fact, I wrote this, uh, we, we feel this heaviness, but kindness is the ability to be poured out. Think of when Paul is, is talking to the Philippians, it's like, I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and the service of your faith, and I rejoice in it. Paul's not bitter in being used. This is kindness. The ability to say, my life today, I'm going to use it for your glory, God. I'm going to be used. I'm going to be used by you for people. I'm going to be poured out. And it can keep coming because it's not for and of me. It is from another source. I wrote this, and I, I just, I wasn't going to say it, but I will. Some of you give in to bitterness instead of dependence, and your home is hurting because of it. Can I just, all right, I'll look at you while I say it again. Some of you give in to bitterness instead of dependence, and your home life is hurting because of it. Meaning, dependence on that who fills you up so that you can be poured out. Bitterness on, I don't have enough time, money, they have done this, this has happened, until we do this, and we don't think we're able to be used in this state. I get that maybe your, your marriage has been struggling. But if you allow bitterness to run your conversations instead of dependence on the Lord, then you will always feel used and meanness will come. You know, anger will come instead of used and God's glory is coming. Does this make sense? That's a big difference, but it is so slippery of a slope. It is not just, I'm gonna, I don't want to be used by my husband today. I don't want to be used by my, by my coworkers today. It's, I want to be used by God today for my coworkers. I want to be used by God today for my children. That's kindness. And so we're going to look at this a little bit. There's a story of Jesus, another miracle, and I'm going to use it as where we're landing, okay? This is when we're going to move away from Teachy Greg, who taught you now what real kindness is, into Preachy Greg, because this story is powerful. It is a beautiful story of, of Jesus healing a man named Bartimaeus. He's blind. 
And I read it months ago, and I've read it many times before, but for some reason, two months ago, not even joking, I read it in a small group, and everyone in the small group got everything else out of it than I did. And I was like, for the first time, I have seen this differently, and I don't feel like I'm supposed to share it. So just shut my mouth. But this is why I'm sharing it now. And I'm really excited. I'm really excited. Bartimaeus is a blind man, and he is so hungry for hope and healing, and he's in Jericho. And so we're going to pick up all, all of a sudden. I want you to uh, like pull out your phones, your, your, your Bibles, whatever. You're going to need to open up to Mark 10, verse 46. That's where we're going to pick up today. But uh, I am going to need to tell you a little bit of a preface, a background, because right before the disciples got into Jericho, they were on a road traveling, obviously, to Jericho. And Jesus catches them having this conversation. And in fact, James and John, the brothers, the sons of thunder, they come up to Jesus after this conversation and say some awkward things. They literally say to Jesus, hey, you know how you told us that like whatever we ask for, we will receive? And Jesus is like, yeah. This is, this is scripture, paraphrase version of me. They say, um, can we sit at your right hand and left hand? That's literally what John and James say. Hey, Jesus, like, I know you said whatever we ask, so can uh, I have that seat and him have that seat? And Jesus replies back, the cup that that seat drinks, you cannot drink. You're not able to drink. And so it's this idea, and this has happened multiple times where you remember the stories of, of the disciples arguing about which one of them is the greatest, and then Jesus just puts a kibosh on it. Well, this is the same kind of moment right before they go into Jericho. All of this is connected. And you will see, see no word kind in here, all right? So those of you who are like, Pastor Greg, that, that passage didn't say anything about kind. I get it. But it talks about the usefulness, the usefulness of the Lord. And he is bluntly calling the disciples to be used. And so that's what you're going to see in it. And so he looks to them, and this is what he says right before we get into the passage that we're getting into. He says, hey, you know among the Gentiles, John and James, those whom they recognize as their rulers, they lord it over them. And their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. For whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be the first among you must be a slave to all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. In other words, if I can let you see how this is, is useful for you, the world believes that the best way to get things accomplished, the best, and I need you to hear this, the world believes, and John and James believe it too, the best way to get things accomplished in my life, the best way to truly be useful is to gain status to gain status. And so we see politicians, we see people, we see niceness. I, I will be liked. Popularity fuels niceness so that we can gain status because in my mind, the more secure my status is, the more I can do good. It's this, this mess up of power, of thought. That's not kindness at all. And Jesus is like, ah, I'm just let you know that's not right. In fact, if you think about it, here's the difference. Nice is nice until the person, until the person's stature is being questioned or threatened. This is when it, when it comes out to be ugly. 
Nice is nice until the person's stature is, is being questioned. Some of you, you will struggle with this. You will think that you are living in kindness on your high horse until Jesus comes and says, you're supposed to be a servant to all. And so when your wife in a conversation, when your husband in a conversation, when your friend in a conversation starts questioning your ego, nice is no longer nice. If you're noticing bitterness come up when your ego is getting questioned, it's probably because your pursuit has been for status instead of kindness, the Lord. Is this making sense? This is completely different. If you're realizing in a conversation where um, you feel like your, your security is being questioned at work and you result in anger, it's because you literally think that your security is in your status instead of the fact that you are usable in your servanthood. It's very different. It's really strange. They, they, I, I wrote this like, Jesus, he is able to remain kind even when his whole self was being questioned, threatened. He was literally like called a blasphemer. Like he was literally demeaned, yet his constant kindness, usefulness, because no matter what title given, Jesus could still be useful. And this is what I need you to know, like, no matter what title you can be given in life, you are still useful. And so some of you need to realize, like, some of you desire superiority instead of just being used by God. Just like John and James. I desire, I want right and I want left. Like, he's already called the right hand. He, we did the, you know, you know, I got scissors. He got, you know, rock. He gets right hand. I'll get left hand. We desire superiority, and some of you are realizing, even right now, like, you just need to be desiring to be used by God. Kindness. And so the difference is this. For kindness, it is grounded in humility. It is superior in use, right? That's literally the definition. Not superior in stature. And so it's very different. Say, Jesus, I want kindness in my workplace. I'm going to stop pursuing that ladder of success and I'm just going to be used where I'm at. Kindness is grounded in humility. It is not pushing for superiority. It is superior in use now. And so it will continue because then they enter in Jericho, and it's like, oh, this is so good, Pastor Greg. Yeah, but it went right in one ear of James and John and out the other because they didn't get it. Here they go. They get to explain it a little bit. Um, So Chapter 10, verse 46 happens, and it says, they came to Jericho. And as he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, I'm like, what happened in Jericho? We don't know. It's like, we're there, and now we're leaving Jericho. Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting on the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And many sternly ordered him to be quiet. But he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. And so when we were in the small group, everyone was like, but he cried out more loudly. And that's what everyone, but for some reason, what hit me was many sternly ordered him to be quiet. And Luke's version of that literally says the ones in the front of the line, the crowd, 
ordered him to be quiet. Do you know who were in the front? It wasn't the crowd. It was the disciples. In other words, as Jesus is leaving Jericho, this man who is hurting, who is hurting, is calling after Jesus, and they're like, shh. In the, in the guise of niceness, our Lord has a plan. And shh, you're not a part of it. We're like, we're going this way. And like literally, this is what stood out to me. They quieted. Do you want to know what the word quiet means? I love words. The word quiet, it implies the person is preserving something hidden or secret. In other words, they literally said, I need that to be preserved in the state, in the, the stature of brokenness, and we're going to keep it secret. That is what nice people do. Nice people. This is the church that asks the mother with the crying baby, hey, ma'am, you can go right outside while the baby's crying and then just come back in when, it, when, he's, when he's done. Because under niceness, we want to preserve that which is hidden. And guess what is hidden in the, the heart of that mother? Isolation, worry, already tiredness, embarrassment. She, already, she doesn't want the baby crying either. And then in an instant of niceness, we allow that which is lurking in to be preserved, stuck, hidden. It's interesting, I wrote, it's when a good Christian friend sees another friend in need and tells them, instead of dealing with the need, they tell them, I'll pray for you this week. Okay, cool. That means everything that they're dealing with is going to be preserved and hidden. Another way to say this is nice is literally silencing cries and dodging the reality of pain. It is. Nice people smile through pain. And I, once again, I love, I do love blessing people with financial help. I do. But sometimes the nice thing to do is to give the money and not walk with the person through the enduring trial of relational healing, spiritual healing, emotional healing. That's kindness. Because while we try to be nice, if we're silencing something, then we're not being useful to the Lord. And it's, it's hard, but the disciples were doing it. It's, <laughs> I say, we, we will say God bless. Ooh, this is, we will tell people God bless, but we will never move our hands, our mouths, or our lives to actually be the blessing to people. Does that make sense? That's where a nice person says, oh, God bless you. Kind person makes sure the blessing comes fulfilled. I'm going to be useful for the blessing of the Lord. And so the, the story continues. It says the disciples, obviously, they sought to silence the man. But the story says, but Jesus stood still and said, call him here. Now, I'll pause. Like, kindness, I need you to know, stands firm. In this room right now, kindness is present. Do you know at every occurrence, at all times, the Lord of kindness is standing firm, and he's there. He's present. Jesus stands still, but I love that he did not go after the man. It's really cool. I like that he didn't go to the man 
But instead, he calls the disciples to be useful. Calls the disciples. This is when you're bickering with a spouse and you need to pause and realize that you're not being very useful. And in your heart of hearts, you need to hear the Lord say, hey, call them here. Back to reality. Call them here. Call them here. You see that hurting person? Don't just smile nicely as you... No, call them here to me, to reality. And so the, the scripture literally says they get the picture. It says they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up. He's calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to, the, and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, my teacher, rabbi, let me see again. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. Immediately, he regained his sight and followed him on the way. They got the point. You see their lips moved from, hey, be quiet, to, hey, take heart. Hey, be quiet, let me, like, silence the pain that's in you, and let's just preserve it, to, hey, have courage. He's calling you. Have courage. Take heart. Let me show, let's bring you back to reality right now. Jesus is here. This is kindness, usefulness. In other words, they said, let me make this about your healing and about his glory. Instead of me just making it about my agenda and our status as his disciples as we keep going. Let me make this about your healing and his glory. What would it be like in your conversations with one another? Like, let me just make this about healing and his glory. That's kindness. I want to be useful in my home. I want to be useful in my home. So I have a question, a few of them. And I'm actually going to ask you while I ask these questions, if you would do the hard work of like closing, let's close your eyes, maybe honestly have this open hand posture right now, because there's going to be a question that you're not going to want to answer, but let's open our hands and be like, God, whatever answer comes, I'll submit it to you. Let me answer truthfully. So I'm going to ask you, close your eyes, open your hands, your heart to this. All right. Think in your life, is it kindness that you are producing? Or has bitterness stepped in? And if bitterness has stepped in, what relationship? Some of you let the face of that person come to your mind. You have not been useful. You haven't. What lines have you drawn in the sand like, honestly, what lines have drawn in the sand that you will decide to step over it when X, Y, Z happens? That you can clear those lines and say, no, I'm not going to be filled by this. I'm going to be filled by you, Jesus. I have another question. Has the pursuit of status been your goal lately? Superiority. Getting the last word at home getting the last word. Has the desire to maintain your status been your goal? Have you been working hard to keep up a clean appearance? 
instead of just letting kindness flow through you? Have you been silencing cries of those around you? Have you been quieting the vulnerability of another? Have you been dodging pain? How have you exchanged the kindness of the Lord for the niceness of the world? As you've done this, your hands are, I hope, open. In order to move on in kindness, we can't just recognize these things. We have to confess them. We have to seek forgiveness from them. And we have to, the word, renounce them. Announce them as not me. It's not mine. I will not do that again. And some of you, you're never going to lean in on kindness until you start confessing. Asking for forgiveness. Some of you let bitterness run your every thought. I don't want to be used by them anymore. And the Father of all kindness is speaking, you aren't. You're used by me. God, rewrite that in our minds. I pray in this room we will confess a few things because you're worthy of it. You're worthy of us confessing. God, I pray in this room we will say, forgive me, Jesus, for how I responded this past week in that conversation where I stood my ground to claim my status. Forgive me. May we come to the place where we can say, I renounce that version of me. That's not me. For I am useful for particular, for very particular thing. You've made me superiorly useful. So God, I announce that that is the truth. I just encourage you, if you have some things to confess, you you better do it before you try to call him worthy. I mean, it doesn't hurt anything but your relationship with a God who has claimed you already his child. But it does allow bitterness to reign in your heart. And you'll mistake the purpose of your calling. So don't just claim he's worthy. Show him it by handing him confessions. Handing him a heart and asking for forgiveness. Thanks for listening to the Glory Podcast. For more information about this message or Glory Church, please visit glorychurchkc.com.